This is the fourth and last episode of this series under the title of How You Can Tell If You Can or Should Trust Another Person. In the previous episodes, I gave you tools based on what you know about the other person before you, you ever meet them and interact with them, the what who they are, and based on your first-hand impression while you interact with them. Those are the what they do. Now, based on that, you need to make a decision on whether you can trust them, and more importantly, whether you should trust them. There is one more thing that I want you to think about whether you should trust them more or less than the level of trustworthiness you determine they have. I will cover this in this episode. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? In the previous episodes, I touched almost every law of trust and all the six components of my relative trust model. There's one more that I didn't touch, and that's the trust is reciprocal, and that's trust law number six. You know, it's very easy to think of the reciprocity of trust as if you trust me, then I'll trust you. But that doesn't work that way. Actually, the fourth law of trust, trust is asymmetrical, says exactly the opposite. Yeah, I, I may trust you while you don't trust me. You may trust me while I don't trust you. Trust is asymmetrical. Uh, and it's very easy to say trust is reciprocal in that if you're trustworthy, I will trust you. But I'm going to give you something else to think about. Trust is reciprocal in this way. If I trust you, you will behave in a trustworthy way. I will actually affect your behavior and you will behave in a trustworthy way. I'll give you the example that, that I always give in, in this or the analogy. Uh, and that's uh, when, when, it, when a kid starts standing the, the next thing they try is they try walking. The first thing that they do when after they, they learn how to walk, the first thing they do is they start running. And what happens the first time they run? They fall down. What is the first thing that they do when they fall down? Every time I ask this question, half the people say they start crying. Half the people say they get up and they keep going. In reality, they don't do neither. The first thing that they do because they're young, because they're, they, they are so young that they don't know how to interpret things, they need your help. They trust you to help them determine what just happened and how do I need to react to that. So they look at you and your reaction will determine whether they cry if you show them that what happened was terrible or whether they get up and keep going, whether if what you show them indicates that nothing terrible didn't happen. Trust works that way too. If you trust someone and you show them that you trust them, here's what happens. If they feel that the level of trust you have in them, justifiably or not justifiably so, the level of trust you have in them is 
higher than their level of trustworthiness or the level that they think they deserve or that they have earned, you put them in a bind. You put them in a pretty tough position. It's called cognitive dissonance, but but it's really that they don't feel that they deserve the level of trust that they have in you. What can they do? Well, one thing they can do is say, hey, hey, listen, don't trust me. Don't trust me that, that much. Very rarely would they do that. Unless really it's a huge gap and they're very, they have very high integrity and or or they just don't want to be trusted with something that they might fail. I mean, there's that as a reason. But often what they do, especially if the gap is not huge, is they're going to live up to that trust. And this is how you can affect their trustworthiness. By the way, the other way around would work as well. If you distrust them and you show them that you don't trust them, they will not behave in a trustworthy way. Even if they were trustworthy, even if they should have been trusted by you, at some point, you know, you tell me, how how long would you go being trustworthy and showing people that you can be trusted uh, when they refuse to show you that trust, to extend that level of trust to you? At some point, you're going to give up. So you do have an impact on the other person's trustworthiness. So let's say that you determined, given all the tools that I gave you in the last three episodes, you determine what is the level of trust that you can extend to this other person. Do you trust them to that level? Now, first of all, I need to remind you that the level of trust that you extend to that other person is the product of their trustworthiness, that's pretty clear, and your trustfulness, your trustfulness, your willingness to trust people in general or their their type of person in, in general. So, you know, pilots, flight attendants, surgeons, teachers, whoever. So ask yourself, do I have a trustfulness problem? Am I considering whether I can trust somebody who should be trusted and the only reason I can trust them is my own own lack of trustfulness or low trustfulness? Is my low trustfulness justifiable? By the way, maybe uh, you have the opposite problem and that is that you are too trusting. And, and you trust people more than they deserve. That's a problem too. You need to somehow get your trustfulness in check. You need to somehow isolate it and, and make sure that, that it does not have a big impact. Maybe it is justifiable, but make sure that it is justifiable. And it's not just, you know, emotional and subjective. So let's let's think about several scenarios. The first scenario is that I, the other person, their level of trust trustworthiness is 50%. They deserve 50% trust. If there was no trustfulness issue, they would deserve 50% trust. Uh, hypothetically, you know, whatever that scale is. And I'm going to give you two extremes. You can start at zero, you can start at 100%. What happens if you start at zero? 
So you're the type of person that says you have to earn my trust. I start with zero. I talked about that before. I start with zero. Maybe you're at 50%, but I'm not going to extend 50% until you earn it. And not just in general, you earn it with me. Maybe I've done enough homework on you, the who you are, or you have done enough homework with them, with the other person, the who they are. You know who they are based on the research you've done. You know that they deserve 50%, but you're still not going to give them 50%. You're going to start at zero. What do you think is going to happen? As time goes by, the level of trust you have in them will start increasing. You know, again, this this is the time game, right? It's going to start increasing. So, you know, they show you that they're more trustworthy than the level of trust that you extend in them, and you start trusting them more and more and more. But what happens to them when they know that you don't trust them? The level of trustworthiness, their level of trustworthiness, is starting to decline. Theoretically, uh, you will meet in the middle. So if they started at 50, you started at zero, you'll meet at 25. You know, th- this is not accurate. Th- this is just to give you a, a sense of, of how this works. So the fact that you started at zero reduced their trustworthiness to some level in the middle because you're going to meet them in the middle. But what would happen if you started at 100%? If you started at 100%, that's where you're going to stay. You know, before we go to 100%, let's talk about you started at 50%. You started at the same level of their trustworthiness. What you have assessed accurately enough, based on the tools that I gave you in the last two episodes, last three episodes, based on that, you assessed well enough how much trust you can put in them. And that's exactly the level of trust that you put in them. That's where it's going to be. And maybe that's good enough. But what if you started at 100%? You're giving them 100% trust. Well, if they're at 50 and you're at 100, you're going to get some disappointments there, my friend. Uh, They're going to disappoint your trust. And if they're going to disappoint your trust, uh, then the level of trust that you have in them is going to start declining from 100%. Now, be careful. The, the, The bigger the gap is, the more the fail is going to be, the more the drop is going to be. If you trusted them at 100%, they proved that they're only 50%, you may drop even below 50%. The level of trust that you have in them is going to drop below the level of trust that should be in them. That's not their fault. That's your fault for starting with 100% and allowing yourself to get hurt in a bigger way than than they were, than than was, was needed, was warranted. So in the previous segment, really what I'm telling you is that you can decide based on where you are relative to their level of trustworthiness that hopefully you have determined accurately enough, you can decide whether you increase or reduce their trustworthiness. If you trust them less than than the level of trust that they deserve or or should have earned from you, uh, then you're going to start dragging them down. If you trust them more than the level of trust that uh, that they proved for you to have, uh, then you're actually going to increase their trustworthiness because of that cognitive dissonance and that they're going to feel that they need to justify the level of trust that you have in them. And so that's going to increase. What I recommend, don't go zero or 100. Assess as accurately as possible 
their trustworthiness. Based on who they are, the homework that you've done, if that was possible for you to do that homework, based on how they interact with you, based on what they do, and based on those, you're going to determine, well, this is how much I can trust you to do X. Remember, trust is continuous. It's how much. It's not yes or no. And trust is contextual. It's to do something specific. So you have determined what is the level of trust that you can have in them. What I would recommend is trust them a little more. Even if you trust them a little less, you're going to get, start going maybe slower, but into that cycle of distrust and untrustworthiness. But if you trust them just a little more than the level of trust that you that they have, really, or trustworthiness that they have, then you are taking them, even if it's slowly, uh, into the cycle, the, the good cycle of trust and trustworthiness. You're going to trust them a little more. They're going to be more trustworthy to earn your trust because it's a terrible feeling of cognitive dissonance if they don't. Uh, but it's going to continue spiraling even slower, but spiraling up. But don't go too high. If your level of trust in them is going to be significantly higher than the level of trust that they warranted based on who they are and what they do, you're up for bigger disappointments and bigger betrayals and bigger betrayals would have a much bigger negative impact on the level of trust that you have in them than smaller betrayals and smaller disappointments. So I'm I'm very, very in favor of trusting them more than they have earned, but a little more, not too much more. Here's an, an important thing. You know, when I said that when you trust them and you show them that you trust them, they will behave in a trustworthy way. And when you distrust them and you show them that you distrust them, they will behave in an untrustworthy way. There's actually a, another component. When you trust them, but you don't show them that you trust them, they may still behave in an untrustworthy way because they don't know that you trust them. You need to communicate to them that you trust them. You need to tell them, look, I trust you. But again, trust is not binary. Trust is continuous and trust is contextual. So don't just say, hey, I trust you. But say how much you trust them. What do you trust them with? So that they will know. You know, it's not that I trust you blindly with whatever you do. No, I trust you to do this part well. Actually, I'm going to say, say one more thing. Say why. Say why do you trust them? You know, here, I'm going to tell you why I trust you. That does many, many things. First of all, it shows that you're not blindly trusting them, that you've actually done your homework. It gives them an opportunity to say, hey, no, you're wrong on that component. They'll hardly not say it, but you can also reinforce something that they're doing that helps you trust them, and maybe will help other people trust them. They need to know that. Now, make sure that you don't trust, that you don't say it in a way that will make them think that you don't really trust them. So, you know, again, this is where we come to, uh, if, if you're only using words, their interpretation, what they read between the lines on whether you do trust them or you don't. 
And if you're doing that face-to-face, it's your tone of voice and your body language and the consistency of your nonverbal and verbal cues with them. If you go, and you don't have the benefit right now of seeing my body language, but you can hear my tone of voice. If I say, I trust you, that's one thing. If I say, I trust you, you know, that by itself made you think that I, I'm not really trusting you. I don't, I don't really trust you. So make sure that when you say it, you're clear and, and that you're consistent and that you're, you're really telling them what you mean and that your body language, whether you can control it or not, is not saying something else. Okay, I'm going to go straight into your uncomfortable zone. What if you don't trust them? What if you need to trust them to a certain level doing something specific and you've done your homework and uh, you rechecked your homework and uh, you just you don't trust them to do what you need them to do to the level that you need to trust them? What happens then? Many people would just avoid this uncomfortable feeling of telling somebody you don't trust them. And instead, what you do is you just you don't trust them. You know, they're going to. They're going to pick up on that at some point when you don't let them do things. You know, in, in the first episode of, of this season, I talked about how do you know if you're trusted or not. They're going to use that first episode of this season, uh, season nine, and, and know that you don't trust them. I mean, if you don't trust them as your boss, you're not going to give them the autonomy. You're going to ask for detailed report. There, there's a bunch of things. I mean, you're going to behave in a way that shows that you don't trust them. First of all, if you don't trust them, tell them. Tell them that you don't trust them. It's an uncomfortable feeling, but tell them they need to know. Mainly because maybe they think they are being trusted. And that doesn't lead to anything good. You will be helping them improve if you tell them that you don't trust them. And especially if you do the following thing, and that is tell them why. Tell them why you don't trust them. You know, I'm sorry, I don't trust you to do this thing simply because you haven't done it enough times. Now they know. First of all, it makes sense. Second, they know how to improve it. And that, that takes me to the next point. And that is, tell them what they can do to change that and to earn your trust. Listen, uh, I I would love to do that, to, to trust you with this, but you haven't done it enough times. Don't stop there. If you've done it 10 times, I would trust you enough. Now they know what they have to do. This is so much better. Some things can change, like not having enough time. You can increase the, the time, get to know them better. Uh, just tell them, you know, I, I, I may be able to trust you that if I knew you for a certain amount of time, but, but I don't yet. I, I need more exposure. Maybe it's experience, maybe it's knowledge. Things that that are typically objective can change. This is a little different for personality incompatibility. If what you're suffering from is personality incompatibility, then um, that's a little trickier to change. Some things can change there as well. So, for example, I told you that uh, 
my boss was not trusting me whenever I would come up with the bottom line first and then give her the justification. And and then one day I asked her, hey, uh, do you prefer the bottom line first or do you want me to take you through my thought process and give you the bottom line at the end? She said the latter. Give me the bottom line at the end. That wasn't that hard for me to change. I knew that whenever I talked to her, not other people, because, you know, other people actually preferred the bottom line first. So I had to stay the same way with them. But with her, I knew that I had to start with taking her through my thought process. That was a personality incompatibility that apparently was important enough for her not to trust me. But I was able and willing to change it and I have, and it did change, and it changed the level of trust. Some are not. Some personality traits are not easy to change. Uh, you know, if uh, I've, I've done Myers-Briggs uh, three times every time I got ENTJ. So some things don't change. And, you know, some things in our personalities don't change. And if it's incompatible, if the person that you think about trusting is not this is not something they can change you told them remember i told you tell them what why is it that you don't trust them what will make you trust them but what if it's something that's so deeply embedded in their personality that they can't change now the question is how important is that for you if this is low importance okay we don't have to be perfectly compatible you don't have to be perfectly compatible with the other person to trust them but if this is a big deal for you, that, that incompatibility item is a big deal and not something that they can change, you got to keep in mind that you will not be able to trust everyone, period. You're not going to be able to trust everyone. Not everything is in your control. And not everything is worth it. At the same time, no person can be trusted by everyone. They can't be trusted by everyone. Maybe not by you. And you have to know when to give up on a relationship. And just give up. I'm not going to be able to trust you. Because if you're going to stay in a relationship that requires trust, yet you cannot put that trust in that person, you are knowingly compromising the performance, the outcomes, and you're not doing them any favor. Not being trusted is a bad feeling. It affects a lot of it's, it affects their their job satisfaction. It's, it affects their willingness to stay with the company one more year. It affects whether they're going to tell other people this is a company uh, that that uh, I want to that you should work for. It affects them physiologically, not to mention emotionally. So I do it. Just know that this is not going to work. And and you know we identify the issues. They're not. Something you can reconcile, reconcilable. Why don't you put them in a position where they can be trusted? You know, I can't trust you with this, but I can trust you with that. And if they don't want to and it doesn't work out, then separate that relationship. This is the end of this four episode series on how you can tell if you can trust someone, as you could tell from this last episode, uh, it goes beyond that. And that is, what if you can't trust them? And should you trust them ahead of the level of trust that you assess? But I hope that I gave you enough tools to be able to assess 
whether you can trust another person based on the eight laws of trust and the six components of the relative trustworthiness model and, and to be able to identify your own biases, to communicate clearly with the other person and to make a decision now that you know what you can trust them with, what you can't trust them with, um, maybe whether you should trust them ahead of it or behind it. Hopefully I gave you all of this. I'll see you in the next episode on a completely different topic. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.